You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My favorite people in the world. Yes, you wonderful listeners of Locked On Spartans. How on earth are you all doing today? Happy Tuesday. Uh, thank you so much for kicking off your day with Locked On Spartans, your team every single day. Except tomorrow. Uh, no show tomorrow. Just want to get that out of the way really quick. I'm going to be traveling all day. So unless there's like major breaking news happening tomorrow, I'm sorry. But this week it's uh, your team almost every single weekday. Unless like crazy breaking news happens and we have to have to talk about it. Like uh, Izzo takes the Red Wings job or like Mel Tucker takes the Los Angeles Lakers job. Something crazy like that. But yes. Hey, your team every single day. On yesterday's show, we recapped everything about the NFL draft that went down. Really fun episode there, talking about the new homes for all of our Michigan State Spartans. Also, on today's show, we're going to talk about the 2023 NFL draft, players that have an outlook for that one, because what better time to look at 2023 mocks than right now? Yeah, tis the season. Come on. But before any of that, uh, we got some MSU basketball updates that we just want to go through really quick. And then at the end of the show, that's right, since it's the offseason, the second round of Trivia Tuesday is at the very end. But before we get to any of that, you already know what's coming next. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast or this YouTube channel. If you are watching this on YouTube, hey, thanks for giving this a shot. Really do appreciate it. And if you've given this show a, sh- a few shots... Here, uh, thanks for making us part of your routine. Really do appreciate that. And number two, any emails? Hey, reach out. Lockedonspartans at gmail.com is the place to hit us up. So hey, without further ado, let's uh, let's talk about the MSU basketball updates. Nothing really groundbreaking, nothing really big, but definitely something to talk about. Uh, Julius Marble does have a new home. He's heading down to Texas A&M. So staying with the Power 5 team. No surprise there, but definitely closer to home. Uh, Of course, his father passed away a little under two years ago at this point. So it was widely speculated and, you know, fair or unfair uh, to to do that, that maybe he just wanted to be back home closer to his family. And now he's moving to a place that's two and a half, three hours away from his home in Texas A&M. So really good landing spot for him there. And yeah, minutes are to be had in Aggieland. So Good pairing there. Buzz Williams, good coach. Uh, they should have been in the NCAA tournament this year. Yeah, well, you could have that debate, but this isn't locked on Aggies. This is locked on Spartans. So really quick, just want to talk about the former Spartan now that has found his new home. There were some whispers that maybe that they were going to try to have him stay. But yeah, obviously we're talking about him going to Texas A&M. So it's uh, pretty clear that did not happen. However, number two, uh, oh yeah, Davis Smith has taken his name out of the transfer portal. That's right. Uh, it's starting to look like that if MSU doesn't land a center here, it's just going to be Davis Smith on Stephen Izzo's shoulders wearing a really tall trench coat playing the center this year. So, um, But no, on a more real note, kids staying home. Sorry, like n- nothing really too much other to add. Then I hope he's happy. Good for him. I'm sure he is. I mean, East Lansing's a fine time of year, and... Yeah, so Davis Smith, uh, that was a quick swim in the transfer portal, but as it happens time and time again, you know, happens in football, happens in basketball, came back to Michigan State. And last but not least, uh, yeah, just uh, the latest in Max Christie news, which 
isn't much. But however, that this May 1st deadline passed in order to be a transfer and score yourself immediate eligibility next season. That was on May 1st. So now that the two options for Max Christie stay in the NBA draft or come back to Michigan State, of course, you know, the offseason, uh, the message board whispers that, oh, he's looking to transfer if he does come back to college, but uh, no, that ended up not having any legs to it. So it's either, yeah, NBA draft, he's going to stick with it, or he's going to come back to Michigan State, or I guess, okay, I guess he could transfer somewhere else, but sit out a year, I don't foresee that happening but anyway this is the timeline for Max Christie now we got the NBA Combine coming up May 16th through the 22nd I believe last year there was like 60 or 70 guys that got the invite to this Combine and right now Max Christie is probably squarely in the top 50 of any mock or big board that you do look at now is that the end-all be-all no the, the NBA GM's they vote on who gets NBA Combine invites, and if you're in that top 65 or 70, they, they you know have some leeway ever so often, but you get the invite to the NBA Combine. So, that's just a long way of saying that we will not know what Max Christie does until perhaps after the Combine wraps up, and that is from May 16th to the 22nd. Um, with that said, that means... Attrition season's over for Michigan State. Now, of course, they could pluck some players out of the portal, so the roster shakeup isn't all done. But kids leaving are all gone. Of course, you got Marcus Bingham, Gabe Brown. Okay, those are two guys that did not want to use their COVID year. But Joey Hauser, he comes back. Okay, that's pretty nice. Max Christie, we're still kind of waiting on. As far as we know, it's it's looking like that we will be saying goodbye to him. The from what I've heard, it's like a seventy-five to eighty-five percent chance. But then again. I keep saying this every time I bring this up. You know how fast things can change in the world of college sports. So, yeah, just because it's probably most likely yes today is, it's just most likely. It's it's not a definite thing, uh, no doubt about that. But also, too, like, I feel like MSU really didn't do too bad as far as losing players go, you know? I mean, especially if you fly around the conference. It's it's hard to just look at your own team. Sometimes you got to look... You know, at your next-door neighbor, see what's going on over there. Like, Purdue, they lost everyone not named Zach Eady, seemingly. Um, so, yeah, that's they, they took a big blow. Illinois lost Kofi Coburn, but, yes, they have reloaded nicely so far this offseason with Terrence Shannon from Texas Tech transferring up there. Uh, Northwestern just lost Ryan Young to Duke. Uh, OSU got hit. They uh, lose EJ Liddell, Malachi Branham. And uh, Michigan is kind of TBD. Like, yeah, Hunter Dickinson comes back, but um, I think... I think they just lost their point guard, whose name I'm blanking on, and uh, Musa Diabate, Caleb Houston. Who knows if they're going to stay in the draft. So that's, that's the TBD right there. But, yeah, everywhere around the Big Ten, it's just become more and more clear that next year might be a tad of a down year for the conference. So, with that said, hey, you know what? I'll, I'll try to put on my, 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 my rainbow sunshine happy uh, suit on right now. Um... Maybe if MSU even doesn't get a five, like a lot of us, myself included, want, uh, maybe they could still be one of those top dogs in the Big Ten next year just because of how downgraded it's going to be. It'll be it'll be fine. It'll be good. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying that they're all of a sudden like the Big Sky Conference or anything like that, but it'll be, I think, a far cry from what it was last year. And with MSU's front court that you do have, the players that are already set in place, and this isn't even including Max Christie. If he wants to come back, that's... Even better, but right now, 
with the wing players, the guard play, you feel okay about Michigan State in this conference that is a little watered down, at least in my opinion. But with that said, yeah, we would love to see them go out, get some transfers. And actually, Zachary Ott, that's right, Zachary, he emails us at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com, and he threw a name out uh, that perhaps he would want to see at Michigan State. Maybe I shouldn't you know, put words in his mouth. But he writes, with the news of Jamarion Sharp entering the transfer portal out of Western Kentucky, what would be our chances at landing him as our center next year? Now, that's your first time ever hearing the name Jamarion Sharp. Well, uh, look out your window. You can actually probably see him. This this kid comes in at a smooth 7 feet 5 inches. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's a lot of man coming at you. And, yeah, you talk about shoring up a center issue. How about someone that's 7 foot 5 uh, getting plugged in right there? However... Kind of gets eaten live on pick and roll defense. And I don't know if MSU and Tom Izzo is going to be necessarily too thrilled about adding that. And if that doesn't kill the staff, I think it's 39% free throw percentage would, would kill the staff. Listen, he, he's a fine player. He does everything that you want a tall guy to do. But also, here's the other unfortunate thing. is um, Listen, Izzo ain't reaching out to a lot of these people. And... The only transfer that's really gotten a lot of traction, yes, we talked about Jalen Bridges, the guy from Western Virginia early on in the cycle. He committed to Baylor before he even took his visit that he planned to Michigan State. So, okay, that was a dud. But you have Micah Parrish from Oakland. Okay, all-horizon defensive player, defensive wing, solid shooter, would be a good sixth man off the bench. He visited campus last weekend and also brought some... uh, I think a good amount of family members too. So they rolled out the kind of the green carpet for him, uh, and they're still hot on the tracks right there. Now, of course, Micah Parrish, like Michigan State isn't the only school he's looking at. He's going to be visiting San Diego State here pretty soon. He's already visited West Virginia. So this isn't shooting fish in a barrel for Michigan State just because Michigan State is hot on the tracks for one kid. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's uh, kind of brought back to them through the kid. But listen, local kid. He's from Detroit. I, I think we can all know the difference between a place like Michigan State and West Virginia or San Diego State. But, hey, maybe the kid wants some more minutes. Maybe that's why he goes out west. But depends. For everything I've heard, the visit went fine at Justin Thin of 24-7 Sports. He even lofted a crystal ball predict, prediction up for him to transfer to Michigan State. But, yeah, it's still n- nothing official yet. He will take another visit. So, hopefully... Uh, Hopefully the San Diego State visit doesn't go too well, and uh, he thinks, yeah, hey, East Lansing. All right, that's that's my next home, no doubt about it. So that, hey, that'd, be, that'd be a fun transfer. Just had to talk about all those updates here really quick because this is the season. It's the off season, and um, if your phone rings and Izzo's on the other line, it might be him trying to contact you for that assistant coaching position that they haven't shored up yet, but eh, hopefully they're getting a little close. Um, yeah, so stay tuned to that. We're going to mix it up here in a hot second. We're going to talk about... What's going on next year, the 2023 NFL Draft? But first, um, hey, just have to thank you, fine folks, for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's talk about the 2023 NFL Draft. Um, really good year for for Michigan State this year, right? Um, this is a team that was at the tail end of the Mark Antonio classes. That listen, add some solid players, but. Okay, also that NFL draft streak where a player gets selected in every draft, it did get snapped last year. And now we're, okay, we're starting to rebuild to that. 
Easy does it, having four kids picked in last year's draft. Uh, one being a transfer, you know, uh, well, yeah, one being a transfer. Yeah, because, yeah, Hayward, I guess, we could call him a half transfer because he was in the transfer portal for about two seconds. So, one and a half transfers, and then one and a half players that have been here the whole time. Um, regardless, okay, good setup. I think next year could really be a good year for Michigan State, though. Let's just go through some names that could be drafted. Now, I want to make it clear that these guys are not guaranteed to be drafted. But, like, off the top of my head on offense, like, Peyton Thorne, like, he can make himself a really good candidate. And before going further, like, what a crazy year for quarterback it could be next year. Now, I, I will say that we thought that there were some quarterbacks that were going to be taken high on the boards before last college season started. Like, hey, remember when Sam Howell was talked about the number one overall guy? Or, oh yeah, this kid named Spencer Rattler was supposed to be a first-round pick surefire selection. Um, didn't necessarily happen to either of those guys. And, well, one of them still in college and not even at the place that he was last year. And Spencer Rattler about to... Uh, Play with the Gamecocks this year. So, yeah, quarterback evaluations, draft evaluations as a whole year out are kind of silly. But, hey, I like myself a silly time. So, that's where we're going to keep rocking and rolling into this. Uh, Peyton Thorne, look, uh, it's going to be a competitive quarterback class next year. SB Nation has seven first-round quarterback selections next year. Like, who boy. But, again, uh, we, we can shake, rattle, and roll, baby. And also, after a full year of throwing to your boy, uh, Jaden Reed, uh, that can get you uh, higher up the draft boards as well. So that's another good place to start too. Jaden Reed, that's another name that you could see in the draft next season. Jarek Broussard, a transfer just like Kenneth Walker III. Could he be the transfer to Michigan State that sees himself getting picked in the draft? I don't think it'd be crazy to see him as like a day two or early day three selection. Um, also Daniel Barker, the tr uh, tight end transfer from Illinois. Another great candidate. If he he could have put his name in the NFL draft this year, and it would have been close. He would have been in day three. That's where he was mocked at. You know, either rounds five, six, seven. And we all know that if you're a day three slot, hey, that's awesome. Good for you. That's great to even be you know, mocked there. But also, it can get a little slippery, and you can fall out of that and become an undrafted free agent. So he came to greener pastures here in East Lansing, and hopefully making himself that day two prospect, if not front of the line in day three. So, yeah, and not, no shortage of opportunity to do so, right? Uh, the total package at tight end that Michigan State really hasn't had for quite some time. So, yeah, film will be had. Uh, he will be surrounded with better talent than what he had at Illinois, and I don't mean to be disrespectful when I say that, but, yeah, that's pretty disrespectful, but it, hey, it's also just honest. Um, so hopefully that'll help him as well. And also the, the offensive line has some some guys too that have fascinating prospects in front of them. Like well, Jarrett Horst, obviously, uh, he could have a big year, make himself uh, a draftable guy. Uh, again, maybe like a day three guy. Same with uh, Nick Samak, JD Duplain, any of those guys. Like I don't think that they would be mocked right now, but. With the big season coming up, yeah, of course. Who's to say they can? We just saw AJR Curie do it. So, what? yeah, I'm, I'm feeling hot <laughs> about the offensive line. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, catches everywhere, right? I mean, uh, Chris Bogle, yeah, the, the transfer tight end from Florida. Aaron Brule, the linebacker transfer from Mississippi State, who actually went into last year before the season. There was draft chat around him that he could be a, like a round two or a round three kind of guy. But... Didn't really have the year he wanted to last year. Comes up to East Lansing, 
trying to refresh his draft prospects, give himself a good year, a good year of film heading into the draft. So he's got a little bit of that pedigree that people were talking about before last season started down in Starkville for him. Maybe there's a switch flipped this year. I, I, that's definitely what the staff is betting on. Listen, they didn't they didn't bring him up here for kicks and giggles, right? No, like they know that this guy's a good player, and they, they have the coaching staff that could also make him a good player. Same with Jacoby Winman. Although it's already pretty clear that, yeah, this cat can play some football. Very athletic linebacker, good in pass coverage, great tackler. I think he ranked in the top 10, if not top 15, of tackles in college football last year. So, yeah. Um, Darius Snow, sure, got to throw his name in there. Uh, he's also a pretty versatile guy. And we'll get into the categories right now because I, I had two categories. It's like what guy can move into the first round of this group, but who can also be a dark horse? Who is like the darkest of the horses here? Who who are we calling our shot on? I guess last year going into the season, we didn't really think Connor Hayward, at least I didn't think Connor Hayward was going to be a draft guy, but here he is now. Round six, he's playing with the Steelers next to his brother Cam Hayward, so this happens time to time. Who's going to be the dark horse for Michigan State this year? And I have two guys written down. It's it's Amir Speed and Ronald Williams. And boy, howdy, did I not think that I'd be saying a, a cornerback, or cornerbacks, plural, uh, when I you know came up with the category and thought, well, okay, who, who could fly under the radar into the draft? And I think it's also just because the way these guys are built. Listen, I know the experience isn't necessarily all there. They're still a little, uh, they're still a little raw. Amir Speed played a lot of special teams down in Georgia. He did get some defensive back experience before he got hurt last year, and also the other guy, Ronald Williams. He was coming along last year as well, but he also gets hurt. But cornerback was still a new position to him as well. He played a little bit at Alabama, then broke his arm there, and then next year, the building blocks were there. They're coming along, but. Both these guys, too, are built, long. They are tall. They are big. So just on measurables alone, you get some good film out there. Like, that can very well make you an NFL draft pick. Now, amongst all those guys that I just named, and also I'm very sorry if I've missed anyone obvious. Um, I tried to double back, double check my notes, uh, double check my own brain, which uh, you know how scattered that can be sometimes. But of all the first, of all the names that I mentioned, who can go in the first round? I think it'd be Chris Bogle. I think it could be Chris Bogle, and I don't. I I, I I'm not sure if anyone is a close second there, just because I love the pedigree that Chris Bogle has. Right? Listen, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me talk about it no less than 65 times, probably. But yeah, this kid was a top 70 recruit coming out of high school, and from those that have been at practice at Michigan State, whether it be media or the fine folks on the inside, like. They they think that he's a real deal. Like, oh yeah, this guy's got a fast twitch. He's just big. Like, that's kind of also why he was a top 70 recruit. He's athletic. He came in with a great frame. And now, with Brandon Jordan as his defensive end coach, Marco Coleman, defensive line coach, like, you get those two guys cooking in the lab with Chris Bogle. Like, I, I wouldn't be shocked if this guy racks up, like, a, a gaggle of sacks this year. And really puts himself in the top 32 picks. I mean, hey, he's got the pedigree. He has the coaching now. Can he put the film out there and have the season that he wants to in East Lansing to get him? Not just in the draft, not just in day two, but how about day one right in the first round? So that's, that's probably, if I had to guess, who has the best shot? It's Chris Bogle. So I'd, I'd place a wager on that. And speaking of wager, 
You like that transition? That's right. Got to talk to you fine folks about betonline.net. Woo! Uh, it's it's the most fantastic time of the year. We got NHL playoffs, got NBA playoffs, the start of MLB season, PGA golf season is ripping and roaring, and we also got some Kentucky Derby odds. That is right. Go place a fine wager on Epicenter. Uh, why don't you? So that's right. Um, gang, it's just the best website of all time. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and start of the Major League Baseball season, like I said, at BetOnline. Because it's your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. Oh, yeah. That's at BetOnline. And it's where the game starts. It's Tuesday. Mm-mm. It's not just Tuesday, actually. It's Trivia Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. So, what we're going to do here, I'm going to give you eight questions. Uh, we did this last week, too. If you want to go back to last Tuesday's episode and get yourself eight more questions if you missed that episode. And they're going to be, I hope, moderate difficulty. I'm not trying to make these impossible questions like, how many points did Scott Skiles put up against Purdue in his second ever game? Like, No, like, th- hopefully these are all relevant to you or big enough historical figures uh, if the question begs for that, that you you might be able to give an educated guess because what fun is trivia if you never get anything right? But also, on the contrary, what fun is trivia if you get every single question right? So just eight questions. Let us know how you do in the YouTube comments, whether you bang out a perfect eight for eight, whether you go one for eight, if you think it's too hard, too easy. Let me know. We're also locked on Spartans at gmail.com if you want to uh, yell at me about the difficulty of these questions or what have you. So without further ado, I'm going to read them all off. One through eight, and then we'll do the answers after. Okay. <sighs> bum, bum, bum. That's my dramatic royalty-free music right there. Okay. Question number one. Draymond Green is the only player in NCAA tournament history to have two triple doubles. His first was against UCLA. The second was against who? That's right, Draymond Green. The only NCAA tournament player in history to have two triple doubles in the tournament. The first was against UCLA, and the second was against who? Question number two. Behind Michigan, what team is MSU's second most played in-state opponent in football? So as far as football matchups, okay, obviously they've played Michigan the most in this state. What school in this state is second place for most times playing the Spartans? Question number three. Yeah, multiple choice for you right here. That's right. Multiple choice. Question number three. Saginaw Naval Brigade. Michigan School of the Death. Death, not death. Michigan School of the Death. Detroit Athletic Club or Upper Peninsula Republicans Club. Which of these has MSU football never played? Saginaw Naval Brigade. Michigan School of the Death. Detroit Athletic Club or Upper Peninsula Republicans Club. Which of these has MSU football never played? Number four. Going a perfect 7 of 7 from the field, Julius Marbled scored his career-high 18 points against which team last season? That's right, topical for this episode. Going a perfect 7 for 7 from the field, Julius Marbled scored his career-high 18 points against which team last season? Question number 5. As a head coach, who was Tom Izzo's first commit that was a Michigan Mr. Basketball winner? As a head coach... Who was Tom Izzo's first commit that was a Michigan Mr. Basketball winner? 
Question number six. Three players are tied for most blocks in a single game with eight. Of course, that's Jaron Jackson Jr., Ken Johnson, and who else? Who else had eight blocks in a single game? Question number seven. It's a this or that question. Zeke the Wonder Dog halftime show or Melting Moments ice cream sandwiches? Which has been around longer? That's right. Question number seven. Zeke the Wonder Dog halftime show or Melting Moments ice cream sandwiches? Which has been around longer? And question eight. How many games did Connor Cook throw multiple interceptions? In. Yeah, they're in. Question number eight. Let me read that one more time. How many games did Connor Cook throw multiple interceptions in? Okay, so that's questions one through eight. Hope you guys did well. We're going to find out how well you did, actually, right here. Question number one. Draymond Green is the only player in NCAA tournament history to have two triple doubles. The first was against UCLA. The second was against who? That would be LIU Brooklyn. That's right, LIU Brooklyn in 2012, one year after his triple double against UCLA. Question number two. Behind Michigan, what team is MSU's second most played in-state opponent in football? You might have to dip down a few divisions right now because I don't think they're slinging around D1 ball over at Alma right now. That's right, Alma. Our Michigan State Spartans have taken on Alma 31 times. Yes, they've faced Michigan more than 100 times at this point, but second place for in-state opponents, it ain't Eastern, it's not Western, it's not Central, it's Alma. It's been a hot second before they've faced each other. I think the last game was in like 1912 or something like that, but yeah, Alma, let's go. Question number three. Saginaw Naval Brigade, Michigan School of the Deaf, Detroit Athletic Club, or the Upper Peninsula Republicans Club. Which of these has MSU football never played? That would be the Upper Peninsula Republicans Club. Yes, they have played Saginaw Naval Brigade, which is awesome. Michigan School of the Deaf and Detroit Athletic Club, but never, well, that last group that I've made up. I I don't think there is an Upper Peninsula Republicans Club, and if there is one, well, they've never played the Michigan State Football Spartans. Uh, Number four, going to perfect seven for seven from the field. Julius Marble scored his career high 18 points against which team last season? That would be Northwestern. That's right. That would be those cats at Northwestern. Question number five, as a head coach, who was Tom Izzo's first commit that was a Michigan Mr. Basketball winner? Got to slide the clock back to 1999 when Saginaw Arthur Hills, Jason Richardson, committed to the Michigan State Basketball Spartans. So, yes, that was Tom Izzo's first Michigan Mr. Basketball winner. He added on to his team. Question six. Three players are tied with most blocks in a single game with eight. Jaron Jackson Jr., Ken Johnson, and who else? And this surprised me, too, because I don't really remember this, to be honest. I'm ashamed of myself, but it is Kenny Goins. Kenny Goins, in one game, had eight blocks. That's right, against Indiana. (laughs) Suck it. Hoosiers. Hoosier daddy. That'd be Kenny Goins. Let's go. Had to throw that one in there. Uh, Question number seven. Zeke the Wonder Dog Halftime Show or Melting Moments Ice Cream Sandwiches, which has been around longer? That would be Zeke the Wonder Dog who has done his halftime show. Well, okay, since the mid-70s, and of course you could probably figure out from there. It's been different iterations of Zeke the Wonder Dog, but yes, Melting Moments, when I looked on the website, they started in 1985, so Zeke the Wonder Dog and his halftime show has been around East Lansing longer. Question number eight, how many games did Connor Cook throw multiple interceptions in? Two. Two. He has as many Big Ten championships as games where he's thrown 
multiple interceptions in. He only did it twice. Not bad. One was against uh, Alabama in, of course, that college football playoff. And the other one is, I meant to write this down, but I forgot to write it down. It was so forgettable that, well, I don't have the answer for you. So I'm very sorry. How about that for a trivia host, huh? Just leaving uh, mystery out there to, to end that one. So uh, thank you so much, guys, for, for giving Lockdown Spartans a listen or a watch if uh, you're, you're tuning in on YouTube. And thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Again, I'm sorry to say, but we will not be back tomorrow, but we will be back the next day. That's right, Thursday. We're going to be talking um, most likely with a friend of the program, Maddie May. Uh, we're going to do another Memory Lane series, but it's going to be about Connor Cook. We're just going to talk about Connor Cook for 30 minutes straight, unless there's like breaking news that we have to talk about, but we'll slide that episode around, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the week as well, we have Sports Illustrated college football recruiting expert John Garcia, Jr., I uh, got him in the mix as well. And we're going to talk about more than just recruiting, also like the transfer portal, uh, how Mel's done in comparison with everyone else in the college football landscape. So, yeah, two good shows to end the week there. And if you missed yesterday's show, it was fun. Recap the NFL draft and all that fun stuff. But, hey, before ending your day with Lockdown and us here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, go make your second listen, Lockdown Big Ten. That's right. It's with Nate Dickinson. I... I'm on the show once a week. If you ever want to tune in on a Friday, listen to me babble some more than I already do, go check it out. That's right. Nate Dickinson brings you up to speed on everything going on inside the conference, and it's free and available where you find folks. Get your podcast. Love every single one of you. Go Green.